for his goodness today? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah, Lord. You are so great and mighty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, of course, to all of our fathers in the house, all of our stepfathers, all of our grandfathers, great-grandfathers, adopted fathers, and all of our mothers who play the role as a father. We congratulate you. We thank you. We give you honor today. And uh, as my wife said, we do have just a small gift for you. Uh, some of you have already grabbed it. Um, but at the end of service, for all of our fathers, we're going to have a time of prayer. And, uh, and I want all of our fathers to come to the front. And uh, we're going to pray together um, here in just a few moments. And we're going to pray over you. But also, um, we want to... Um, we want to give you this gift, and it's just a small keychain, and each one of them has a different verse on it. And the one that I have today is, be strong and courageous. That's sometimes as a father, we need to hear that sometimes. Be strong and courageous. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, as my notes are uh, failing to pull up this morning, uh, as... Uh, I tell you what, the more that we rely on technology, I think the more we need to go back to the old school. Brother Aaron, can I borrow the notes that I gave you? I know I'm going to mess you up on verses and scripture today, but, uh, but that's all right. If everything went right, then something would go wrong. Something's wrong if everything's going right. Um, and I, and I, I said it Wednesday night, but I echo what Pastor Helmuth said last Sunday at each time he speaks in this pulpit, that we are unworthy. To stand here. And the moment that we find ourselves worthy is the moment we become unworthy. And so I do give honor to the Lord today. And I give honor to the Father of this house uh, for many, many years. Of course, Pastor Helmuth, we give you honor this morning as well. I am thankful for Pastor Helmuth and his uh, vision for many years, his just steadfastness and... Um, if Pastor Helmuth was your pastor for any amount of time, you should be very grateful. He is a great man. So thankful for him and all that he does here around the lighthouse. Well, today is Father's Day. It is the day of dad. It is the day of dads. And uh, Father's Day, for those of you that don't know, is a lot like Mother's Day. It's just expensive. And all the, all the mothers can say amen. You know, you know. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated our mothers. And, of course, many times on Mother's Day, we talk of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we celebrate Mary. Mary gets a lot of recognition. I mean, after all, she did give birth to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I'm not comparing my wife to Mary today, but... Uh, my wife is pretty amazing, and she gave birth to some amazing kids. I thank my wife, and I give honor to my wife for making me a father of three wonderful children. And uh, would you just, would you give honor to my wife today? Yes. And she ain't even in here. All right, well, somebody tell her, okay? But we talk a lot about Mary, talk a lot about how Mary was a great mother. Mary was the mother of Jesus, and her extraordinary commitment to God is well documented. And, and it's, she demands a great amount of, of attention, which is okay. 
But I've been wondering, though, how often do we talk about the father of Jesus? How often do we talk about Joseph? We don't talk about him too often because, well, what did Joseph do? Mary's the one that gave birth. Mary's the one that put up. Joseph is the one that found the stall. Joseph, you had one job. You couldn't find a Holiday Inn Express. You couldn't find a Hampton Inn. You couldn't find a Baymont. You had to find a barn. And I really believe that if Joseph would have just listened to Mary in the directions that she gave him, they probably would have found what they were looking for. But Joseph, in my mind, was a, no, listen, I know where I'm going. You just, I don't need no GPS. Why are all the women laughing at that? What's the deal with that? What's no, I don't know if Joseph was like that or not, but we don't talk a lot about Joseph. He don't get the attention I think that he deserves. And, but I want to talk a little bit about him today. So we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. And the Bible says, and I'm reading from the Living Bible translation, these are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, being her, being her fiancé, and being a man of stern principle, or as the King James says, a just man, he did not want to embarrass her. He decided to break the engagement, but to do it quietly because he did not want to publicly disgrace her. As he laid awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, we know very little about Joseph. We do know that Matthew describes him as a man of stern principle or a, a, a just man. He obeyed God's word without hesitation. And yet, while being careful, he obeyed the law precisely. He demonstrated that he could go beyond the strict codes out of love. He was willing to quietly hide Mary rather than have her stoned to death as the law would have required when he found out about her pregnancy. Joseph demonstrated a life dedicated to obeying God and putting others ahead of himself. He was a hard-working carpenter, satisfied with a meager income. He was a man who deeply impressed others with a wonderful balance between law and grace. And I wonder today, is it any wonder that God chose him to be the earthly dad of Jesus Christ? Think about this. God chose an imperfect earthly dad to bring up his perfect and only begotten son, the Messiah. What was it that God was looking for in a man? There are still the qualities that God looks for in fathers today. He was searching for a man who would trust in him no matter what, and he found this man named Joseph. This was the father's choice of a father. And I'm wondering today is if there's any fathers in here who would be the choice of our heavenly father. During World War II, there was a father that was holding his son by the arm and he was seen running from a building that had just been bombed. And in front of the building was a large hole where a bomb had already landed and went off and 
and seeking shelter, this man knew that bombs don't drop in the same place twice, much like lightning doesn't hit in the same place twice. He jumped into the hole and he called for his son to jump in behind him. The boy, however, standing at the rim of the hole could not see because of the dust and because of the darkness. But the father could easily see the silhouette of his son. And he cried out to him. He said, son, jump into the hole. And the boy responded, but I can't see you. And then the father responded, that's okay, son. I can see you and I won't let you fall. Just jump. You see, it is in those times when we can't see the father that we must learn to trust him that he will be there anyway. Prior experience with the Father will make it easier to jump when we need to. We can safely say that Joseph died somewhere between Jesus' 12th and 30th birthday. Tradition will tell us that Joseph died when Jesus was 18 years old at the age of 110 to 111. And whatever it may be, whatever is true, Joseph was there for Jesus. He was there when Jesus had to jump into a hole. He was there during the formative years and, and the stamp of Joseph's life on Jesus cannot be ignored. God trusted His only begotten Son to this earthly father. The Bible teaches us that by Joseph's example that a godly father is a gift from God. Joseph taught Jesus everything that Joseph knew himself. How to be a carpenter. How to be a husband. How to be a father. And, and I even think it's ironic that, that Joseph taught Jesus how to use wood and nails together. And later in life, these would be the very things that would be used to take Jesus' life. You see, we have little to nothing of what Joseph said, but we have a pretty good look of what he did. Proving that a godly father is not just the talk, but it's the walk. It's the action. So let's talk about Joseph today. Let's look at three things around Joseph. The first being Joseph, who was the man. Matthew 1 and 19 tells us that he was a just man. He was, a, uh, he was an admirable man. Joseph, like Mary, had no idea what God's plans were for their lives. They had fallen in love. They were engaged. They had plans to get married just like any couple that is in love. They had maintained the purity of their relationship, trusting in God's morality to bring blessings to their lives together. The, the, the text, the Word of God literally and clearly states that Joseph and Mary had not laid together prior to their marriage. The first thing, though, that is obvious here is that Joseph was not legalistic about God's laws. By right, Joseph could have disgraced Mary when he found out that she was with child. Or even had her stoned to death when he found out that she was pregnant. But it is clearly says that this was not what he wanted to do. Instead of the literal law, the law of love brought him to a different place. Men, we have... Crazy things for love, haven't we? We've done some crazy things for love. I remember when, when my wife and I were, were, were uh, recording, and uh, for all 
you new folks, that's dating. Uh, we were courting and we were talking and uh, we were, were going out. And uh, I had some kids on my bus a few days or a few weeks ago, elementary kids. They're like, yeah, we're going out. I said, where are you going out to? Well, we're dating. Well, then say that. Where's he taking you? I don't know. So you ain't going out anywhere. Anybody else go through that with your kids? Yeah, yeah. But we do some crazy things for love. And I remember when my wife and I were dating, my part of our family, part of her family, you're too young, you're t you need to do this, you need to have a savings of this much money, you need to, to have a job for this many years, and, and you need to have a 401k, and you need to have a house, and you need to have a plan, you need to have this, you need to have that. And I said, look, I have a lot of that, but I still love her. And I'm going to marry her. I don't care what you say. You look at Romeo and Juliet. They died for one another. They, they literally gave their lives for one another because they were in some... Love makes us do crazy things. And Joseph followed the law of love. And he said, look, Mary, I, I love you. I'm not going to disgrace you. He, or Joseph said this to her. He said, let's just, let's, let's, let's put you away. Put you away. Boy, that, that doesn't sound too great, does it? He said, I don't want to disgrace you in front of people. I, this is a gift from God. This is the Holy Spirit. So he found a different way to deal with the situation besides the legalistic ways. This shows that his righteousness was not built on legalistic observance of laws, but on the spirit of the law, love, which sprang from God's own heart. And it's no wonder that God chose Joseph. God in picking Joseph makes a powerful statement about legalism, about those who are always so concerned about being right that their hearts are hardened. And Joseph stands as a fresh breath of air against a backdrop of a Pharisaical, Pharisaical legalism society. Joseph was a man. Joseph was a just man. Matthew 1 and 20 through 25 tells us how Joseph was reachable. The Bible says, as he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream. He saw an angel standing behind, beside him, and Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through the prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. She shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded, and he brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. It's interesting here to note that Joseph did not find it strange to hear from God. Joseph was a reachable man. Do you have someone in your family that when you text them or call them, they never answer? Am I the only one that has those people in my family? And if you don't have those people in your family, it's probably because you're that person. I know in my family I'm that person. My grandfather calls me every day at 11.03. 11.03 every day, and I'll tell you where he's at. He's sitting at McDonald's having his biscuit with his egg, his... his uh, overcooked bacon 
and his cup of coffee. He's sitting there with all the other old men in Louisville solving all the world's problems. That's what he's doing. And he calls me every day. And there's days that I don't answer. Then he'll text me and I don't answer a text. And it's not that I don't want to talk to him. It's just sometimes I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't have the energy sometimes. And we'll eventually talk sometime throughout the day. But I know that I'm sometimes that person. And I don't try to be, but sometimes I am. Joseph, thank God, Joseph was reachable. And it's interesting that Joseph did not find it strange to hear from God. Righteous dads expect to hear from God. When God appears to Joseph in a dream, he's not afraid. He was a man who was used to hearing from God. Let me tell you something, dads. If you don't routinely hear from God, we need to check, our, we need to check the oil under the hood. We need to get in and we got to find out what's going on. Because as a dad who was sent from the Father above, we need to recognize His voice when He speaks to us. We have to... I want you to see the response here that Joseph, that, that he gave as soon as he's awoken from his sleep. Verse 24 again, when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded. And he brought Mary home to be his wife. But she remained a virgin until her son was born. Joseph named him Jesus. There was no hesitation here. He was a man used to doing what God asked of him to do. Obeying God was normal for Joseph. It wasn't abnormal it was, it, it was normal. So I ask you today, all of our dads, how normal is it for you to obey the Word of God and obeying God's Word? The testimony of all men and women of faith is that they simply obeyed God. As much as I love, enjoy, and I enjoy, I love it, I love talking with my kids. I love laughing with them. I love shopping with them. I love wrestling with them. I even love, and I know the Bible says don't do this, but there's days I love provoking my kids. Come on, dads, you know what I'm talking about. You just pick at them a little bit just to get them all riled up. I'll tell you what, Jace, Jace is a fighter, but Jace is the cutest fighter that you have ever seen. When that dude opens his eyes and those baby blues just pierce right through your heart, I mean, it melts you. Oh, but he's got a mean streak in that kid. There is a tornado inside. I said, we have two wonderful kids and a third one. He said, what do you mean? I said, oh, Jace isn't wonderful. Jace is a tornado. Jace is crazy. But Jace is a wonderful kid. I love spending time with these kids. One of them now, which is a teenager. <sighs> but I have to admit, there are days... That I missed. I mean, there's a lot of days that I missed when they were babies. They couldn't talk back. I know they couldn't clean up after themselves, but that's expected. They didn't always smell as funny. If they did, five minutes later, they smelled good again. They had that new baby smell. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That smell that comes right off the top of their head. It's just, I love it. I loved it when my kids were babies. And every once in a while, I'll hold a baby just for a little bit and go, all right, here you go. But as infants, my kids would show just sheer joy when I would walk into the room. They simply wanted to be with me. 
Now I walk into a room and they throw a pillow at me. You want to fight? <laughs> All right, let's go. I walked home, I walked into the house one day, and out of nowhere, I had my hands loaded, and out of nowhere, Jesus just came barreling through the kitchen. And I knew what was about to happen, and I still couldn't brace for it. And Jace dropped me right to the floor. And then he proceeded to jump right on top of me and start pounding on me and wailing on me. And y'all, he knocked me so hard in my head that when I stood up, my vertigo kicked in. And I fell right back over. Y'all think I'm lying. My wife will tell you, it's the truth. He wailed on me so hard, and he, he got one good pop right here in the side of my head that I stood up, and I went, all right, now we're going to get it. I mean, I was like Goliath, y'all. I fell right down. The whole house shook. Dust flew up, you know. It was... I missed the way that they used to. They love to see me now because they get to beat somebody up all the time. But, but I miss it when they found comfort in being cared or held on my lap. This morning, I, 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 I came here, I got ready for service, and I, I ran back home and went home and got the boys up, was getting, helping them get ready, and I got Jace dressed. And, and it just made my Father's Day so great. Jace, who never does this, climbed up in my lap and sat in my lap for about 45 minutes as we just we got ready for church. We listened to worship music as we get ready for church. And we just listened and we worshiped together. And he just laid right in my lap, made my Father's Day. It was amazing. And I wonder, though, if God sometimes feels that way about us. Now that we are grown up, do we still express the excitement about simply being in His presence? Does God miss me when, I, when I'm not lifting up my arms for Him to hold me? You see, let me tell you something, dads. Our children need to see us as fathers as we delight ourselves in the Lord if we ever hope for them to see this relationship with God as a positive thing and not just as a duty, not just as a job. Why do you come to church? Is it out of routine or because you want to be in the presence of God? In every way, Joseph was a great role model for any child to have. And God finds him in the right balance of law and grace. An understanding of love for both God and man that's not found in many of Joseph's day. So Joseph the man. Now let's talk about Joseph the protector and the provider. Matthew 2 and 13 tells us that Joseph was responsible. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And these were the... These were of the, the men that Herod had sent uh, to go scope out Jesus and scope out the child. And so after they had left, the Bible says, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, get up and flee to Egypt with the baby and his mother. And the angel said, stay there until I tell you to return, for King Herod is going to try to kill this child. The same night he left for Egypt with Mary and the baby. Joseph was a father to Jesus in every way. When the life of Jesus was threatened, God spoke to him to take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt. Joseph got on his horse and protected his family, which is the responsibility of every father. Protect your family. And I'm just, let me, let me step aside. No, don't just protect your family physically. I mean, you need to protect your family mentally. 
When the devil starts to throw things at your family, words and, and, and deeds and different things that, that are striking down love and that are striking down hope and that are striking down courage, we, we wrestle in flesh and blood. We, we go to our knees in prayer and we protect our family. Now I'll tell you, if you come with words against my family, we're going to have words because I'm going to protect my family. Men, we have to protect our families. Joseph protected. He doesn't argue with God when told to go to Egypt with Jesus and Mary. Though it certainly would cost him his business. It cost him his connections. It cost him his income. And perhaps though, when you look at it, maybe this is why God had the Magi bring Jesus gold. Because it provided for the loss of income that Joseph had. Joseph was temporarily laid off. He was in the unemployment line. But God provided. Joseph put his family above business. God took care of their needs. Joseph had priorities correct. God first, family second, job third. You see, a child that grows up in a home with a father who can sacrifice himself for their needs will never feel afraid and they will understand love. Joseph was responsible. He was also reliable. Matthew 2 and 19 tells us that when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph again in Egypt and told him, get up and take the baby and his mother back to Israel for those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So he returned immediately to Israel with Jesus and his mother. You see, with each new development, Joseph doesn't have a problem hearing from God or obeying God's will. This is a constant. Joseph is consistent. And if there is anything that our kids need in this day, it's consistency. Some of you could say, well, my kids have consistency. They have consistency of there being inconsistency. Our kids need consistency. And is it any wonder with the breakup of homes and families today that so many kids have resorted to despair and to crazy acts? They don't see consistency in the world. Let me tell you something, Dad. The way that the, the children need to grow up and to be reliable is to live with a father and a mother who are reliable. And maybe, you, maybe you're in a blended family or maybe you are a single parent. Do the best that you can to be reliable. There's no doubt that God took this into consideration for his choices of an earthly father and mother. He wanted people who were reliable. And this is part of the very character of God. He is immutable, the Bible says, which is basically a fancy word for reliable, unchangeable, or constant. Children need and desire a predictable atmosphere in order to feel safe. This allows them an atmosphere where they can grow. Your children need an atmosphere that they can feel safe. They need consistency in their life. When we are reliable as earthly fathers, our children learn much more quickly that God can be trusted because He is also a father, even a heavenly one. Great parenting, let me say this to all of our young parents. Great parenting isn't about always having a great education, great wealth, 
to give your children great power. It's about consistency of character. There is little doubt about Joseph's character, even though there is little recorded about what he said. We know that what he did, and this is what God saw in Joseph, Joseph did things right. And he did right things consistently. Can I just tell you today, it's not enough just to bring your kids to Sunday school for them to learn about God here. They learn more at home by watching you and your example than they'll ever learn in a Sunday school room. It's not up to our Sunday school teachers to teach our children about God. It's not up to them to teach them and show them the way to heaven or how to walk the path that follows Christ. That is up to us. That is up to us. The greatest Christian education that will come from a child comes in your home. Let's talk about Joseph as a parent. Joseph, first and foremost, always gave recognition to God. The Bible tells us in Luke, when the time came for Mary's purification offering at the temple, as required by the laws of Moses after the birth of a child, his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This was the first, this was the dedication here of Jesus. In these laws, God had said, if a woman's first child is a boy, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. And at that time, Jesus' parents, listen here, it's not just that they dedicated the child. Jesus' parents also offered their sacrifice for purification. It's not enough that we just bring a child to an altar and we pray over a child and we dedicate it to the Lord. Parents, we are making a commitment ourselves to say that we will do what's right for our kids. We will raise our kids in the way that you called us to lead them. Joseph was careful to recognize God's ownership of this child. And as soon as he was eight days old, Jesus was brought to the temple to be dedicated. It was more than just dedicating a baby. It was accepting responsibility as a parent to recognize God's ownership of this child and as the parent to live for God as an example. Joseph recognized God's role in Jesus' life and in his own life. Ultimately, dads, it does not matter what others think about you as a father. There is only one opinion that counts, and that's your heavenly father. That is your heavenly father. There's a lot of voices today that tell us how to be a good parent. There's books, there's websites, there's videos, there's YouTube, there's everything. And, and there, there, there's, there's everything, but nothing will improve the qualities that God calls us to. You see, Joseph's only concern was what God thought. He certainly knew that there would be all kinds of rumors floating around with Mary giving birth only six months after their marriage. He knew the ridicule, he knew the loss that others would now have, but he still worshipped God. He still offered a proper sacrifice, and he still dedicated Jesus in spite of all the rumors. Could you imagine if Facebook would have been around then? and Twitter, and Instagram, and the World Wide Web, and news, and boy, Joseph would just, he'd be canceled. He'd be canceled in this day. 
Because for him, though, according to the law, he was out of place. He was talked about. He was mistreated. But he still dedicated Jesus in spite of it all. Because for him, there was only one opinion that mattered. You see, God knew that this earthly father would have to be a man who could swallow his pride. Someone who considered the only important opinion to be that of God himself. Someone who would not let the world's opinions keeping him from doing what was right. This was Joseph. Dad, let me tell you, Joseph recognized something very important. Do what pleases God, not man. Do what pleases God, not your brother. The rest will come in time. Uh, we, have, we have friends that, that, we, that, that all have kids. It's funny because when you don't have kids, you're friends with people who don't have kids. But when you have kids, the friends that don't have kids, all of a sudden they go find new friends that don't have kids. So you meet other families that have kids and y'all become friends and hang out together. And, and, and we have all kinds of friends and we have and, and there's times that as dads, we, do, we try to one-up each other. Well, well, I got my kid in baseball. Really? I got my kid in baseball and basketball. Well, I got my kid in baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. Really? That's cool. What's your kid into? Um, my kid is building uh, stadiums out of uh, Legos. My, my kid is going to be an engineer one day. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, a little bit. My kid... We, we do one-up. We go on vacation, and, and we, we try to one-up each other. And, 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 and Come on, we do that. We try to provide for our kids. And, and what I have found out is that I don't think we're really doing it for our kids. We're really trying to do it for the acceptance of other people to make ourselves look like greater parents in that case. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to do what's best for my kids and what's, what's right in the sight of God. Joseph pleased God. Joseph had a relationship with God. This is so important. And I love this story. And as I'm, the, the famous words that every preacher says, but most of the time is a lie, but I'm telling the truth today. I'm, I'm coming in for a landing. This is one of my favorite stories about Jesus and his father. Luke tells us in second chapter 41 through 52 that when Jesus was 12 years old he accompanied his parents to Jerusalem for the annual Passover festival which they attended each year after the celebration was over they started home to Nazareth but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem his parents didn't miss him the first day they assumed that he was with friends among the other travelers but when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among the relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Let me push pause on this for a moment. Anybody ever leave their kid somewhere? Am I the only one that's been left somewhere? Anybody ever leave your kid at church? Yeah. I'll share a quick story with you. My parents, they watch every Sunday. And this, I told you last week, it proved if my brother watched last Sunday, this proved my parents watched. I, was, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably about four or five years old. And we were on the Kentucky campground, the United Pentecostal Church campground down in Kentucky. And it was out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was a very small community, probably about the size of Sodus. 
And, uh, and, and so we were down in, at this campground, and it was Friday night at camp. Service is over. Everybody's packing up. Everybody's leaving. I don't know where I was. I was four or five years old. But all I do know was is it was dark, and there were no cars around. And my parents had drove about 45 minutes. Now, this was before cell phones, y'all. They drove about 45 minutes to Cracker Barrel because that's where we were going to go eat. Well, they were going to go eat. I was going to go, but they left me at the camp. They had two separate cars, and they each got there, looked in the other car, and said, Where's Austin? I don't know. I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. Well, then here comes Anna and Papa. Oh, he's with Mom and Dad. Hey, you got Austin? No, we thought y'all had him. Y'all all thought wrong. Austin was still at the campground. Somehow they, they got word back to the camp and somebody was still there. And I don't, I don't know the whole story about it, but they got me picked up. They got me to the barrel and we had a good night of chicken and dumplings and sweet tea and cornbread. It was a good time. But they left me. And they laugh about it. They think it's hilarious. I'm sitting here going, all the trauma that I've had the last 34 years of my life, bingo. My parents didn't care. They left me alone. They abandoned me. Abandonment issues, this guy. Don't, don't leave me. I'm just going to the store. I don't care. I want to go with you. My wife asked me to, uh, yesterday, she goes, what do you want to do for Father's Day? I said, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And she goes, do you want me to take all the kids and just leave you alone? I said, please don't do that. But Joseph and Mary, they left. They assumed that Jesus was just amongst the travelers. Three days later, they discovered him. He was in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers of the law, discussing deep questions with them and amazing everyone with his understanding and answers. His parents didn't know what to think. If this was me and I walked in and, and my son was there amongst the teachers and learning and, and astonishing all of them with his knowledge, I would come in and go, yeah, that's my boy. Taught him everything he knows. Yeah, that's, that's him. Oh, but that's not what Joseph and Mary did. Mama walked in and said, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. Now, I believe Mary was a patient woman. Because what Jesus said next, had I said it and I intentionally left myself out of the, the wagon when they left, had I said this to my mama, I'd have a new necklace full of my teeth. He said, but why did you need to search? Didn't you realize that I would be here in the temple in my father's house? Another version says, woman, hmm. <laughs> Nope. As we say in our house, nope, try again. He, I was about my father's business. My mom would, I'll show you your father's business. Mary was patient but upset. They didn't understand what he meant. He returned to Nazareth with them and he was, all the kids in this house, listen up, especially the hopper children. Jesus was obedient, obedient, I'm looking at my kids, to them, his mother stored away all the things in her heart. 
Jesus grew both tall and wise, and he was loved by God and man. As Jesus grew older, he witnessed Joseph's relationship with God. Consistency. Joseph every year went up to Jerusalem to worship and Jesus saw in his earthly dad the consistent behavior about spiritual things. And it's no wonder that Jesus himself was so consistent to worship in the temple as an adult. He learned from his father, rarely, listen to this, okay, rarely do stay at home from church parents produce go to church children. Just because you're watching a live stream at home each week does not mean that you are properly educating your kids in the ways of God. Now, I understand sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we can't help it. We have to be home or maybe we're on vacation. But if you're in town and you're fine and you're healthy, you need to be in the house of God. You need to be in the temple. You need to be with the brethren and with the sisters because the Bible says, forsake not the fellowship of one another. You're struggling? Welcome to the family. We're all struggling. Come and let's struggle together. I'm the bus driver of the struggle bus. Come on and hop on, baby. We got plenty of places to go. Struggle town and can't get nowhereville? Come on. This is why it's so important that we are in the house of God. Jesus' childhood, all of it, Joseph had taught the importance of his relationship with a heavenly father. Not just his relationship with him as an earthly father. You see, this is probably what Jesus meant when they came and they found him in his absence. They were all upset. He said, said, why have you treated us like this? He said, don't you know I had to be about my father's house. I had to be about my father's business. He didn't mean this disrespectfully the way that some of our kids talk to us. Sometimes my, my wife has taught me in our 14 years of, of marriage, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. It's all in the tone. Sometimes if you're arguing with somebody and you move that argument to a text thread and then they're trying to like chill out, but it's still coming through, you're looking at it as like they're really, really mad, but they're looking at it as like, no, I was apologizing. Tone, tone, tone. It's all about the tone. And Jesus did not mean this disrespectfully. Did it mean it sarcastically? He meant it as an astonishment to sense that's what he was taught to do. Joseph taught him to be at the Father's house. Jesus was amazed that they failed to see this. He was simply reflecting the example of his earthly father. On the wall near the entrance to the Alamo, there is a picture, San Antonio, Texas. There's a picture or a portrait of Major James Bonham. It was a man who did not himself fight at the Alamo. This picture is of an uncle whose nephew by the same name fought at the Alamo. And below the picture is an explanation and it says, No picture of James Butler Bonham who fought in the Alamo exists, but this picture of his uncle is placed here because they looked alike. It is therefore placed here so that people may know the appearance of the man who died for freedom. We really don't have a picture of Joseph, the father of Jesus. Many people throughout the history of time have portrayed Jesus through portraits and through paintings. And if 
we could certainly look at the image of Jesus and say that it must contain similarities to his adopted father as well as his heavenly father you see Matthew 2 and 51 says that they went to Nazareth and Jesus was obedient to them at this time now at 12 years old in the temple he is now an official adult this was kind of his bar mitzvah he was not required to obey them the new age 18 it's not 12 anymore he wasn't required to obey them but he chose to out of love and respect Joseph had done his job well and because of it Jesus the Bible Matthew tells us again in verse 52 of chapter 2 Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men it's not hard to see a good picture of the kind of man that God looks for in a dad my prayer today is that God will help us to be the kind of men that God would choose to be fathers literally the next generation's well-being could be at stake the good news is that it's never too late to be the man that God wants you to be and he promises to help all who call on his name and walk consistently with him. a godly father not only makes all the difference in the world but a godly father makes all the difference in eternity God looked for an earthly father to raise his heavenly son thus showing how important God takes are you ready the ministry of fatherhood I'm thankful for men in this church who have become fathers fatherless men you heard me right men who become fathers to fatherless men men in this church don't have an example of a godly father and so some of you have taken up that role and only eternity will tell the difference that you have made dads I'm telling you today that God is still looking for earthly fathers who will make a difference in this world God has called us and I'm asking today if you will answer the call to be a godly father let's stand together and I'd like for all of our fathers to come to the front today go ahead don't uh, come on I know there's plenty of you come up to the front today and we're gonna pray over you and just line up across the front here I'm so thankful for all of our fathers in here today I'm thankful for all of our dads come on in gentlemen you can spread across a little bit more there we've got a couple more amen amen we're gonna bind together today if you guys want to put your arms around each other because we're gonna pray but you know what being a father is not easy and I'm, I'm looking at this group of men, and I'm, I stand kind of in the, the rookie region of being a father. I'm still kind of down there a little bit. Every one of you know that it's not an easy task being a father. We need each other. We need one another to help 
raise our children. We raise our children differently. You raise your children the way you do, I raise them the way I do, but we need each other to help lead our kids to heaven and to be the the Christ-like men that God has called us to be. So let's pray for one another. Everyone else that's here in the audience, would you just stretch your hands forth and let's pray over these men today, over these fathers. Lord, we first and foremost thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today and to stand together with these great men who you have called to be a father. Lord, there's men here who are an adopted father. They're a stepfather. They're a biological father. And Lord, you know what you have called us to be. And I am asking today that you would give us the strength to answer that call. You would give us the courage to answer that call. To be a courageous father. To be a father that's willing to take a stand for the gospel. To be a father that's willing to take a stand for what's right. When everything else falls, help us to stand. Help us to wrap our arms around our children. To protect our children from the things of this world. Things that are not right. Things that are evil. Things that are hurtful. Lord, help us to instill in them love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That when they face this world without us being by their side, they can stand strong in the faith, knowing what has been instilled in their heart. God, I pray that you would give strength to every one of these fathers that are standing here today. Those that are not able to be with us, we ask that you extend that to them as well. Lord, we ask for grace today as we lead our families. We may not have made the right decision from time to time, but from this day forward, I will commit for myself, and I would pray that they would commit for themselves to walk boldly in your word and competently in your word and humbly in your word that we can be the best father that we can be. Help us to strengthen our brother when he is in a time of need, in a time of help. Help us to be there. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings and what you are going to do through us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to raise our children in your word. We give you the glory today and we give you the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. We thank you for being here today. Thank you for worshiping with us. We look forward to seeing you Wednesday night for Bible study. And uh, you all have a great Father's Day. God bless you. For all of our fathers that are here, if you didn't get a keychain, please go ahead and grab a keychain. And uh, go in God today and go loving one another.